In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's not Paul, it's Jack. Sorry, guys. I know you prefer Paul, but uh, you're stuck with me today. Um, Paul will be back this, uh, this evening, tomorrow morning, for the post-game show. Um, I'm joined by my mate, Adam. We spoke about him on a few shows. He's dropped in with some uh, football takes and some other bits and pieces. So, Adam, you're a Bucks fan. How are you? Yeah, really good. So, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, about time we finally got on uh, on here to talk a little bit and about my favourite NFL subject, the Buccaneers. So, yeah, real pleasure to be on. Listen to every episode as well. I know, you're, you're a big fan, giving us some advice, things to change. So, uh, thank you very much. Um, so, first question, why a Bucs fan? So, uh, in the year 2000, I was 14, uh, coming on 15, and my mum opened a business with my aunt and uncle in Florida. So in Orlando, just outside of Orlando, not far from Disney. And as a result of that, I ended up going to high school and university in Florida. So uh, being in Orlando, closest team was the Buccaneers in Tampa. And as a result, I became a uh, fully-fledged Buccaneer. Nice. So uh, obviously out there, what, what were you, starting quarterback? <laughs> I was a kicker. <laughs> I was a kicker. No, no, no. Well, I wasn't great. So uh, I was one of these that was accurate, but only inside about 25 yards. So I had no distance. But uh, pride and and glory of my kicking career was I did score a touchdown as a kicker. Uh, It was a muffed uh, special teams return. um, Oh, it was a block punt. Sorry. It was a block punt. The other one uh, was the one I ran back for a little bit. And the ball came live. We recovered, kept the ball live. Uh, got some blocking and ended up with the ball and got in. So, yeah, really, uh, <laughs> really unique situation. You, you don't think you'll see many kickers score touchdowns, but I was indeed one of those. So that was a, that was a moment for me. No, no. Well, a kicker accurate from 25 yards, you could probably get a starting job on most NFL teams with the current <laughs> way it's going. Just yeah. being able to kick the extra point is a bonus. Yeah, haven't, haven't kicked for a long time. and They've changed the extra point rules. When, uh, when we used to kick, uh, it used to be central. So the NFL rules is the same where it used to be right in the middle of the hash marks and now they've, they've done it to, to either side and uh, somehow moving the ball about 10 and a half metres is, is, is making a massive difference, which I don't understand personally, but there you go. Who knows? So we ask all our UK fans, UK soccer team, what is it? I know, just, just <laughs> rock it on. I'm a, so I'm an Arsenal season ticket holder. I've taken you to a couple of games and uh, yeah, tend to go when I can, but I also do... Uh, skip for NFL and uh, share my ticket as well. So if you are an Arsenal fan for whatever reason, then you can uh, drop by Block 7 and meet up and we have a beer. Yeah, get in touch with him, have a beer with him before the game. It's always uh, good fun. So uh, Paul's favourite question next, what body part are you willing to give up to see the Bucks win the next Super Bowl? So I've actually been to see the Bucks win a Super Bowl, which is helpful. Um, so perhaps my value is slightly lower than yours. 
Uh, I've got two because uh, it's just what I would give up. I would be more than happy to give up uh, Jameis Winston's gentleman sausage. I think that would help us win the Super Bowl a little bit sooner. So if we could uh, if we'd arrange that, I'm probably need to do it before the Super Bowl win in order to win it. That might be one. But if not, uh, I'd probably give up my beard and people go, okay, that's probably not a massive sacrifice, but uh, I wear the beard more for my wife. It's more of an order from from her not an order probably not the right way to put it but uh she she really loves it and she's threatened to divorce me a number of times if i shave it off so but i'd shave it off if we if we won the super bowl <laughs> well let's i might be i might be single after that we'll see but that's uh, that's how much i'm willing to give up so buck season so far it's been a bit a bit up and down it started like it was magical to a uh, fitz magic um it was fitz magic now, i was going mental it's uh, it's it's not so good. So give us a quick rundown. What's it been like? Uh, yeah, it's it's really been a roller coaster. So we started off with two amazing wins. Uh, to win forty eight forty in New Orleans was unbelievable. Um, Fitz Magic really turned it up. Four hundred yards, four TDs in the air, one rushing, and then he followed that up against the Super Bowl champs Eagles again through over four hundred yards, four TDs uh, in the air. And then it started to turn Monday Night Football. He threw three interceptions. There's only one that really put on him. The rest was due to uh, either bad blocking or just situational play where Mike Evans blew the route, um, which didn't help. So but he still threw for over 400 yards, being the only quarterback in history to throw 400 yards in uh, three consecutive NFL games. He now has a spot in the Hall of Fame as a result. So Fitzmagic is in the Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. Um, but then we got whooped by Chicago. Uh, terrible, terrible performance. Mitch Trubisky looked MVP level uh, with six TDs. He'll never do that again in, as long as he lives. So he might as well retire. And then uh, narrow defeat to the Falcons where our trick play was one lateral pass away from winning the game. But again, the D just put us in a terrible situation. But the season took a turn for the better yesterday with the firing of Mike Smith. I think it's what every Buccaneers fan has been dying for. No idea why we didn't do it in the bye week. Very strange to have done it now as a result. So it's it's not the best timing, but it's needed in order for us to to win and progress. And I can see changes coming and can't wait for, for those to get started. No, right. So I'm not a big fan of Maroon 5. And if they're going to have to play the Super Bowl, then I was wondering... Would you be up for dumping Maroon 5 and then in the half-time, what we have as a half-time show, is Conor McGregor versus Fitzmagic in the octagon? <laughs> I love that. That would be so much better. I'm not a McGregor fan, but I definitely think that would be a pretty awesome experience uh, to have happen. And, I mean, Fitz was... Um, sorry, McGregor, he was at the... Is it the not the Lions game because they're on a bye? Who's game was he at this weekend? He was at the Dallas game promoting his whiskey. That's right. And, and and Dak Prescott went off, so maybe he's the new quarterback whisperer of the NFL. So maybe we can uh, get into some of those teams that are underperforming. Like the, maybe go help C.J. Befford or Josh Allen. Uh, it looks like they need all the help they can get. Certainly true. So so sort of from your perspective, what's the two biggest strengths of the Browns coming into this week? Defense is massive for the Browns. So, um, in all fairness, we have given up uh, quite a few sacks uh, this year. So, but not not as many as you would think. And I'm going to mention this a little bit more on 
uh, sort of won the Bucks positives. But the O line's been pretty decent for the Bucks. But uh, you know, I don't think we faced uh, a front seven quite as dynamic as uh, the Browns and, and Miles Garrett and Okunjobi, etc. So I think there's a real threat there for the Buccaneers if they can get through that O line um, and put some pressure on on Winston. We know he turns the ball over, especially under pressure. I think that's a huge, huge strength that if if can be exploited and, and early in the game, it really could build some momentum for Baker in that offence. Yeah, I fear um, the front seven might be weaker without Joe Schobert in the middle of it, just because he's done a really, really good job at Arsenal. This season, even most of last season, he was sort of the, he was holding it all together. And I wonder our linebackers might go a bit wandering. We've had a Bowman in this week. Uh, at the time of recording, it, no decisions been made yet. Has he signed? Is he not? So, uh, one to keep an eye out for. But uh, no, it's uh, the defense is great. I'm really looking forward to it. So, what are you sort of, if you're looking at the Browns, what's the weaknesses? Uh, well, I was, I was going to go with the other strength was your, your ability to turn over as well. That was the other one I had prepared. Um, you've got a turnover differential plus seven. You're not giving the ball up that much. Um, you will get picks. I definitely can see at least two turnovers. Um, and I think if, if I, I've got no doubt the Browns will win the turnover battle, it's how they capitalize on that. But you're definitely going to get some short field positions here when you pick off uh, Winston or, or there'll be a fumble forced or something like that. Um, we've coughed the ball up a few times. We've recovered really well, but there's definitely the opportunity to turn the ball over. And I think if you get some short fields for Baker and the team, I think you could, uh, you could get off to a fast start. Yeah, I but think the week, it's yeah. been the big trouble we've had as the Browns team is we've got all these turnovers and they've been rubbish at scoring on them. And um, they, it was worse under Tyrod, but it hasn't got that much better under Baker. Um, I'm blaming the play calling. It's bloody woeful. Um, don't know what Todd Haley's doing, um, but it's not, it's not going well. Um, we lead the league in rushes on second and ten. And stuff like that, it's just like, it's, it's stupid. You should never run on second and ten. It's no. the most stupid. The only time you run on second and ten is if it's the fourth quarter and you're running out the clock. Um, it's just pathetic um, and it needs to change. But, uh, yeah, if we can capitalise on them turnovers, we'd be easy five and one by now and uh, it'd be a different game. I think a lot of that depends on the reads. And I think this is – and I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. I think he's going to be an absolute star. But – there are some of those second and 10 situations. If you read the situation well and, and uh, you get a read on, on the defense, you can catch teams out with a, with a rush on second and 10. You know, it can be a bit predictable. And I also think second and 10, when you're uh, second and goal, really, is also not a bad time to rush because the coverage will shift back. The, the corners will, will pick up the, um, the wide receivers and you might find a little bit of space in the middle there if you can uh, create the hole with, with the O-line. So... I think there's some time for it, but I agree it's it's far too predictable and it's it's a potential flaw of of the Browns if they continue to play like that. No, it's, it's a worry. So our biggest weaknesses I've mentioned play calling. We've obviously got no wide receivers. Uh, I said before the start of the season in one of the first episodes we could easily end up with Jarvis Landry plus, and that will be a disaster. But fingers crossed, yeah, it won't be allowed to happen. And lo and behold, where are we at? Jarvis Landry plus. So. Uh, uh, I think in, in this situation, you're, you're in a really bad spot. So, although we've got the worst defense in football at the moment, and I'll get more into some of those stats, I'll break them down. It's the fact that you've only got six passing TDs, and our run defense hasn't been that atrocious. 
Uh, it's been pretty good at stopping the runs. We haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher this season. And, you know, Kamara was stopped in the run. He was absolutely amazing in the in the passing game against New Orleans. But since then, there hasn't been. I mean, we gave up a rushing touchdown to, to Ito Smith at the weekend. when it, That was just bad, bad, bad defense. But on the whole, it's... Uh, Six TDs between Tyrod and uh, and Baker this year. I think that's not. If you're going to punish the Buccaneers, that's where you got to go. And I think if you if you don't get <laughs> if you don't get if you don't get that, he sold up a sign of Ito because he told me to sign him in our dynasty league because uh, he was sitting there untouched and I did. So thanks, Jack, for that. It definitely helped and. Uh, yeah, you, you rely too much on rushing touchdowns. We've given up five this year, but we've given up 16 passing TDs. So I think you're going to have to put the ball in the air, put pressure on those rookie corners that we have. Um, and you're going to have to get Landry open because if, if you don't, you're going to need at least 30 points in this game to win it. Yeah. And, I, I don't, and if, you don't, if you don't put it in the air, you're not going to. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've got to try to do is we've got a good group of receivers but they're not wide receivers. So I'm looking at Duke Johnson, get him in the slot. Njoku, get him in the slot. Seth DeValve, you could even play out wide. He's physically, he's got the right build. Um, and players like that, it's like get, getting him out there. Just because they don't see a wide receiver on a depth chart doesn't mean they can't be out there catching the ball and running routes. So um, I'd be going, it doesn't matter. We've only really got Jarvis Landry from a wide receiver aspect. Run Callaway down the outside, but he can't catch anything other than Cole. And then if you get um, Duke Johnson in Choku and Seth DeValve, even Fells, get them all running across the middle, have two or three of them out there on every play, and you'll get catches. Um, but no, coming back to the EO Smith, coming back to the EO Smith, it was uh, in our dynasty league, I'm sat there with a stacked running back uh, lineup, and uh, I've been begging people, I text a few people, it's like, you've got to pick up EO Smith. He's going to be a top 24 running back next year. And then they're all like, nah, 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 he's not going to be good enough. And uh, then Adam finally buckled, gave up and signed him. And I think he's got like two touchdowns since. So, uh, no, he keeps rolling. Yeah, on my bench. <laughs> I've not played him, but he's, he's there. But great value. But you're not going to play him this year. So when Coleman goes off um, and signs as a free agent somewhere else, Freeman's still down. Then lo and behold, you've got the number one running back for a uh, pass-happy offence. I think Coleman is, is pretty much dispossessed as number two. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when and if Freeman comes back and see what happens there. Yeah, but Coleman's contract's out, so he's leaving anyway this season. 100%. But uh, no, so on to the Bucks. So what's your two biggest strengths? Obviously, Fitzmagic's gone, so you've got nothing left. Well, Winston put up 395 and four TDs. So uh, at, at this point, you know, we could probably play a rookie quarterback. We'd probably get Tyrod over and he'd probably put up some yards there. Uh, We've got a phenomenal air attack. We've got, I'd argue, the best wide receiving core, and especially in depth in, in the NFL. You know, you've got um, Evans, who is elite. He's an elite uh, wide receiver. You've got uh, Deshaun Jackson, deep ball threat, faster than 98, 99% of wide receivers in the league. You know, you've got OJ Howard, number one pick last year, deadly. You've got Chris Godwin, wide receiver, absolutely scored for TD four in five games. You've got uh, Cameron Brake, TD Machine under under Winston, scored in his last three games. You know, you've got Adam Humphreys as your four, getting 60, 70 yards a game. You know, we're just pulling out wide receiver after wide receiver. Um, 
it's just it's just unbelievable and we're we're, we're racking up the yards uh you know we put 16 tds in in the air this year and everyone i mean even peyton barber got one in the air this year uh, last week so um it's really really a big a big thing for us and it's hard to stop we, we've put points up on philly bestie last year maybe except the jags new orleans apparently had a really good defense they've not given up 40 points since so you know, we put up the most points that they've had probably the last two or three seasons conceded. I know they're not as elite as they were, but no one's put 48 up on them. Um, you know, it, we put 30 up on on the Steelers. Chicago was the off day, but we were just battered. It was awful. But, you know, we still put up nearly 30 points against the Falcons. And we did enough to win the game on offense. So it's a huge, huge positive for us. And we're averaging over 30 points a game right now. And I think if teams have got to keep up with that they have to date but maybe the change at, at defensive coordinator might help but again as I mentioned the, the Browns are going to have to stick the ball in the air or, or, or they might as well give it up now yeah it's, it's that Godwin that worries me mainly because I think he's probably going to be the best out of them three wide receivers but it's the aspect of Ward can shut down someone Gaines has done a good job of shutting down the top wide receiver but it's that is there the depth for us to deal with that third wide receiver and if Winston's happy to throw to him, then it's going to create problems. And Browns and tight ends, it's like, it's hard kryptonite. Uh, we can't defend tight ends. We can't defend screens. And we can't defend outside pitches. So, um, yeah, it has been a problem. Will, will, are we going to see Rojo this week or is he still disappeared? Well, I mean, you, you, listen, last week I, I predicted he was, he was going to come on and, and do reasonably well. But when Peyton Barber was running the way he did, he got nearly 100 yards on the ground. Um, you go with a hot hand. He was finding the gaps. He was, he was building yards. And he came up with some big plays when we needed to move the chains. And he got rewarded with his TD. So at the end of the day, if, if Barber's going to continue to play like that, and he's had a couple of games in a row where he's, he's been pretty decent, then maybe we'll see less of Rojo. I think Rojo's going to develop. Just, no one's going to ever believe that Peyton Barber's going to be the number one for long in, in Tampa. And it's been slow development. I think there's been some developmental issues with, with picking up the playbook. But I think on the whole... You know, the, the luxury we have there is we can still run by committee. Our run game isn't brilliant anyway, but it needs to improve a little bit just to, to sort of mix it up a little bit. But when you're putting up, you know, 370 yards a game as we are uh, right now in the air, you don't need your run game to do that much. Um, it's not like we're not scoring the points to win games. It's on the other side of the ball. So we'll see what happens with Rojo. I think he could have a decent impact, but... It really depends on how we begin the game um, and also if we're chasing the game because obviously if we fall behind like we have done the last three games quite severely, then you're chasing the game. You're going to rush less and pass more. So the game script's going to play quite a lot into that as well. How's the um, Bucks D-line done, in particular the outsides because our tackles have been a bit hit and miss at times. We've got really quite a solid interior defensive line, but uh, sorry, interior offensive line, whereas... The tackles, especially right tackles, really struggled so far. Yeah, we so you mean on our D line? So our, our well, just our, our our D has been atrocious. I've got some stats here. So we're currently ranked, and this is why Mike Smith has lost his job. We're currently ranked 26th in the league in total tackles. We're ranked 29th in sacks, where we've been, we've got nine all season, and JPP has five. He's got one a game. Uh, we're 27th in the league in sacks for lost yards. Uh, last in interceptions, one, and that was uh, the opening game of the season. Uh, no, second game of the season. Apologies against uh, against Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
31st in passes defended, 13 uh, in total. And we're tied 16th in forced fumbles, and we're last in points allowed. 34.6 points a game we're giving up. So if you get 34.6 games, you'll, you'll win the your points, you'll, you'll win the game. But that, that's the, the $64,000 question I'll ask all, all you Browns fans. I think even if you get 31 plus, I think you win the game. But can you, can you do that? I mean, you did it against the Raiders, so it's possible. But do you feel confident you're going to get over 30 points? Because that's what you'll need to beat the Bucks. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of them that's interesting. I wish you'd have kept your defensive coordinator for one more week. Um, <laughs> uh, he was doing a good job in my books. <laughs> but Yeah. Uh, well, Dirk didn't want to sack him. It wasn't Dirk's decision. I know he came out yesterday in his press conference and he said, it was on me, I did it. I have no doubt he was the person who let him know. But if this was Dirk's decision, he sacks him before the bye. Now, what's interesting is... During our bye week, we kind of handed out some surveys anonymously. And what we did is, is, is we got all the players to fill this in. A bit like what they do in the army. And they do this uh, sort of constructive, what do you think could work better? What could do worse? And they never released the results. So we never know what was said. This is purely speculation on my part. But there was clearly something in that paperwork that said that they're not happy with Mike Smith. They've let him have Atlanta. And I don't think he did a, a terrible job. In the first half, it was miserable. But in the second half, it was a bit better. And we got stops except for their last drive which ultimately I reckon costs us the game. And I think that's the, the question is why, why now? And I think that's come from Jason Light or it's come from the owners. Most of the time when we sat coordinators, especially mid-season, it's, it's the guys upstairs that are making that order. So I think, you know, he called this the second hardest thing he's ever done in his coaching career. Uh, behind, he lost a player when he was head coach at Boise State. Um, so... He didn't want to fire him. He was his friend. He used to work for him when they were both at Atlanta. They both coached together at Jacksonville. They've been coaching together for 11 years. Um, and, you know, he returned the favor when he got the head, uh, head, head coach job to give Mike Smith. We gave Mike Smith a huge extension two years ago. We went nine and seven. We made him the highest paid offensive coordinator in football. We were terrible last year. We went out, invested on the line. We, we spent big money in free agency. We made some key trades. We drafted heavy in that area. It's not improved. And, you know, Mark Duffno has been a DC before at, uh, at the Bengals a long, long time ago. It's a pre-Marvin Lewis era. But we've got some experience. He's been around the game for a number of years, 20, 30 years. So we should be able to make some simple things. And we don't need to do a lot. I don't want the Tampa defense to go from 32nd to, to first or even top 10. I don't even think we need to be top 15. I think we've got to be around 20th. I think if we get to the 20th best defense in the league, We'll, we'll win nine, ten games. Easy. Yeah. No it's, problem. It's one of them that is it's tough. Do you, do you stick with you at defensive coordinator and go, look, you've got a bye week. Now's your time where you can rebuild, change what you're doing, and, and there's that week to change it. Or do you sack him and go, we've got a week to learn something new? And it's one of them that, that there's never an easy answer to that. And obviously, he's given him the advantage of seeing, can he fix it in the bye and sort of improve it to some extent and hasn't worked. So he's made the decision. But... Who knows? Yeah. Good luck to him after this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be interesting. We just need to blitz more. We're last in the league in blitzes. We're averaging about three a game. So uh, if we put some pressure on, on Baker and not let him have a clean pocket, then we'll see what happens. No, right. Score predictions. Okay, so I've gone for the Buccaneers to punch in 30 points and... Uh, I don't see the 
Browns getting quite there. So I, I've gone 30-24 to the Buccaneers in a, quite a high-scoring game. Well, I'm, I'm on a similar vein, but the other way, I've gone 33-24 to the Browns. I think David Njoku is going to light up the world. I think we're going to see some really good numbers coming from him and some others. And I, I, I think we might be in for a bit of a change. I think they're going to finally accept that they were wrong. Duke Johnson should be playing snaps and getting involved because they only brought him in at the end of last game and he racked up something like 90-odd yards. So um, I think we might see some changes. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 33-24 for the Browns. Paul, so you think this is going to be our worst scoring week in, in the league this season then? What, 24? Is that, would that be the least you've got? Yeah, 20. we've got 27 past Philly. Uh, although 10 against Chicago. I wiped that game out of my memory because that was yeah. just a, a number. Well, I, yeah. I think it might be. Our, our, our D's quite good. Um, so I, I think if Winston throws a few interceptions, then uh, we might see some uh, good stuff. But uh, there's a lot of banged up players. We're really lacking a linebacker. We're lacking another pl- uh, wide receiver. I just... Are they going to bring in a load of kids that have never really played with Baker and throw them out there? Or are they going to go, actually, we've got some really good players. They just say tight end and running back on their depth chart and go, actually, you can go out there and play. So, fingers crossed yeah, the uh, lights on in the uh, coaching room. But uh, I, I remain unconvinced um, with their decision-making. Baker should feel confident. You're playing the worst defense in football right now. And if you, if you can't be confident walking into there, even in Tampa, then I would say that there's a bigger issue. And I think if you see Baker come out and check down too much or be negative, you'll get your full answer for real that this is play calling and, and not Baker. I know there's plenty of evidence on tape, but you could argue a case that a little bit is to protect Baker and not expose him, but you've just got to let Baker off the leash in this game. Otherwise, you really don't have a hope. So this will be interesting. I think this is the game that all Browns fans will point to and go, Right, who is controlling the huddle? Has Baker actually even got a say or is he just on a leash? Because if he explodes and goes off and he's going deep and exploiting the corners and that that awful secondary that we have, then you know that Baker's got some control and he's calling audibles and he's he's taking charge. And if not, you know it's coming from Haley. And then you need to rethink maybe not just you but but Haley as well as to what you do going forward and what's best for your QB. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think uh, Callaway's going to be an interesting one because if he can learn how to catch, there's a good chance he ends the day with 100 yards and two TDs because he can, he's that deep threat that can get down there. And um, yeah, it's not all on him whether he caught it or not. But no, any time the Browns have flipped to a two-minute offense, we've been dangerous, we've been tearing up the field, quick decisions, he's getting the ball out and it's very accurate. Um, when it's been this slow... We're going to run on first. We're going to run on second. Then Baker is third and six. Now you've got to make something happen. It's like, give the lad two or three shots at throwing for a first down. Don't run it for two yards. Run it for two yards. And you go, oh, we've got to throw it now. It's just, uh, there's been so many where it's been bad play calling and we've just kicked away. Most of the time, send him to the line with a pass play and let him audible out to a run. If the box isn't stacked. So if you're coming at us with, three, four players in the box and we're going, all right then, we'll run this. Then let him have it. But uh, too often it's been running on first down, running on second down, it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, where people have had success against the Bucks D this season is uh, having seven, eight-man protection uh, schemes. So Ben Roethlisberger really benefited from that week three in Tampa. Um, 
definitely Matt Ryan really benefited from that and some of his best plays uh, on Sunday was a result of that seven, eight man um, blocking scheme and, and defending the quarterback. And I think if you can give Baker time and just let him go, I think that's going to be interesting. Mix it up with some RPOs. We haven't been great at picking those up. Um, again, really, you're only looking, we might not have McCoy this week. His calf injury looks quite bad. So really the only man you're really looking at on that D is uh, is JPP. So you can, with McCoy out, you can afford to double team JPP as part of your scheme and just give Baker that much time. And the other player I try and attack um, when trying to get to Winston and the quarterback is, is Caleb Benenock because he's conceded five sacks in his last four games. So he's the man that if I was in the, the dressing room for the, the Browns, I'd be getting as much tape as I can to work out how he's conceded those sacks and, and find a way to, to put Winston under pressure. Where's he on the line for you guys? So he's an outside linebacker. Oh, he's an outside linebacker. Oh, no, the guy that uh, gave up the sacks for you guys. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So he, he plays at guard. He's guard. No worries. Yeah, well, if Hogan Joby can uh, get some interior pressure going, then uh, he can definitely cause some trouble. So total Bucks wins. What do you reckon the season looks like at the end of the year? Yeah, so I went on the UK Buccaneers podcast uh, a few weeks ago uh, on, on the high of uh, Fitzmagic Cup of the Wins and boldly predicted uh, 10, 10 wins. Uh, not believing that Fitzmagic would be the start of past week four, but uh, I did believe we'd beat the Steelers and I definitely believe we'd beat Chicago, um, which hasn't been the case. So um, I've decided to revise that a little bit. But I, I think definitely if I definitely think nine wins is possible. We're on a great stretch of games now. So after the Browns, we should feel pretty confident on. You've then got Skins who aren't putting up a ton of points. You've then got a very injured and depleted 49ers team in there. We've got, uh, I think we've got the Cowboys in there. We've got a lot of teams that don't put up a lot of play, uh, points and teams that have got worse records or equal records to us. Um, so I'd like to feel pretty confident that if we pick up some key wins and we play our divisional games all at home towards the end of the season um, and that's kind of how you want it we've played all our divisional games on the road so far and so we kind of do all three on the road and then we do all three at home at the end so um, it's not a bad way to finish if you can nick one or two of those at the end and that's what's going to see you and I think nine wins in this NEC this year or NFC sorry uh, will 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 get you there uh, we were nine and seven two years ago and we didn't get in, but you've got some very dominant teams in, in the Rams and the Bears. And I can't see many teams getting over 500 uh, as there have been in previous years. I think they're all kind of cannibalizing each other. So I think nine wins might be good this year. Whereas at the start of the season, I would have said no way. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a lot less confident than you on the Bucks. I'm thinking the six, seven win. And that's purely because I just don't trust the defense. If you can get that defense up to... 20th, um, even top 25 in the league, then I, th I think you can get to that number. But I just, I don't have the confidence that you can fix the D. So I'm saying... But the talent, the talent on the D is there. You look yeah. at who's available on the D. You, you look at the names on there, uh, who we got. You know, you got two parts of the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl winning line in there, in Vinnie Curry and... Um, uh, Bo Allen, drop my name for a second. You got JPP, very close to leading the league in sacks. He's got the same as Miles Garrett. You know, you've got uh, Gerald McCoy, 
four, five time, maybe even six time pro bowler. You've got some big names on the line. The line's right. And Justin Evans, Justin Evans is a second year pro and he's he's blinding at safety. Let down with another safety. Uh, we tend to be playing Isaiah Johnson as our sort of third choice safety at the moment, who is a huge target to go for. But Jordan Whitehead's proven some value as a rookie. Carlton Davis, a quarterback. I think there's a lot of talent on that D. It's coaching that's really let us down. We've not picked up schemes. Uh, if you see the Chicago game, we've been terrible at picking open runners in the field. So uh, and leaving too much space. In fact, we had some plays against Atlanta where our two cornerbacks and Davis wasn't playing were starting three yards past the first down marker and then retreating. So a little pitch and catch over the top to Austin Hooper. Well, you know, he's got 11 yards and, and a first down. Just giving away. It's those simple, simple, stupid mistakes. You sit there and think, I don't know anything. And I, and I know that. So that's what we've got to watch. So I think if we fix those, we'll, we'll go a long way. So we'll see. Yeah. Obviously, you've got a guaranteed win in the bag when you play the Giants. <laughs> yeah, the Giants are terrible. Uh, I, I had a rant the other day on a, on a podcast I co-host. And uh, yeah, and they just proved me right on Thursday Night Football, which was, was just even better. No, it's a total Browns wins. What, what are you thinking? Uh, I've had a real think about this. And I'm, I actually uh, am a Jack Trufer in the sense of I believe you're going to get another tie this year. Um <laughs> I definitely believe you're going to end up with another tie. You just go to you go to overtime too often. Hold on, um, not I, too. I, I want this. I've predicted the Broncos. Which game are you predicting this in? I just think the Broncos. It depends. See, the thing is, the Broncos. I can't put my hat on it only because you've got Vance Joseph. Who I don't believe will be there when you play. And I think Case Keenum's on his way to being benched for Chad Kelly, which I think is going to be brilliant. I'm a big Chad Kelly fan, so I'm quite happy with that. So I'm just going to pull up. I hope you don't mind your schedule, and I'll predict the game. Yeah. But I definitely see you. You go to overtime too often for it not to happen. Um, um, well, I, I even predicted an overtime against Chargers, even though I picked them for a Super Bowl. So I probably yeah. should have accepted that I knew better start of the season, and they were always going to win that game. Right. Texans. Texans. Love it. Uh, just even if That's it's raw, it's going to be a fantastic prediction. But if you get the team right as well, then uh, I'll clip this back out and we'll tweet it around. Nice. I'll go with the Texans. I think you're going to finish 6-8-2. and two. Um, And I think it's, you're not going to get... I think you've had your blowout of the year where you, you lost to the Chargers quite convincingly. I don't think you're going to have another one of those this year. Um but I just see some of the teams, you, you're really unfortunate in your draw of divisions that you pick the NFC South. And I just think there's four quarterbacks in that division who are just going to, with their offences, it's the most offensively uh, division in football. I think if you had not had that, I, I definitely would have seen you getting close to 500. So I think that's the only reason it's not because I think the Browns are, are terrible. They're sort of my second team, thanks to you guys and following the pod. Uh, they're my adopted like sister team, and and the Bucks and the the Browns are the two longest franchise that have waited for a, uh, a playoff berth. So we've got a lot in common. We've both got coaches that don't know the rules of the NFL and uh, <laughs> stick the two fingers in the air. No two seconds left. No, no, Hugh, it's overtime. You won the game. Don't worry. No one take it away from you. Uh, and we had uh, we had our boy who turned out of the weekend uh, and said, "Oh well, if we'd completed that pass, that lateral to Johnson, it wouldn't have been allowed." because he'd phoned the NFL office at the start of the season and told them that that was the play that they were going to do and they'd explained the rules that it wouldn't be allowed, yet he played it anyway. And then Pro Football Talk then phoned the league office for clarity, who then said, no, even though he's dropped the ball, 
uh, it still would have been allowed because it wasn't a forced fumble. It was like a, a ladder that went backwards. So it would have been allowed. That touchdown would have played. If you've not seen the play, go highlight it it's, it's, or go download it. It's a great play. So uh, it, it seems like uh, we don't know what we're doing with our coaches either. So it's going to be interesting. <laughs> they both could go at the end of the season. Yeah, I think if there was a one game out there that could potentially be a blowout, it's probably the Falcons game left, just purely from the aspect of their defence is so charged. If you have an off day on offence against them, then it could get silly that Matt Ryan with uh, Jones, even though Jones is not part of touchdowns, is insane numbers of yards. Um, so, no, it's one to keep an eye out for. But, uh, no, thanks for always listening and giving us recommendations. Where can everyone find you? I know you do a couple of podcasts. Yeah, do so. Any fancy updates? Uh, please join me, Chris, and the gang at uh, at Five Yard Rush. So that's YRD Rush. We're going to change it to Five Yard Rush. Full. Uh, we got the Twitter handle for that, so we're just working out how to do that. But please download and subscribe. There's some really good waiver picks on there uh, through the through the weeks, and a little bit of humour in there. We talk a bit of beer as well. For I notice you get a lot more uh, soccer. Uh, I'm going to call it real football, same as you, um, and American football is how we're going to differentiate it. We're very the same school of thought. But if you're in America or anywhere and, and you're struggling to follow, um, we do a podcast called Half and Half Scarves. So that's at Half and Half Pods on Twitter. Please download it. Uh, it's a good summary of what happens in the weekend. We give some interesting takes for a little bit of uh, banter and fun there as well. And uh, yeah, they're both good fun. And you can also follow me personally at Maverick Murph on on Twitter and uh, yeah, give us a shout. And if there are any other Buccaneers fans listening, give uh, at UK Bucks a, a listen because those guys are doing a good job in trying to build a community here in the UK because there isn't that many Bucks fans here, unfortunately. No worries. Make sure you go out and follow Adam on Twitter and then uh, reach out. And if you enjoy the other stuff, you want a bit more fantasy, a bit more uh, football, soccer, then uh, yeah, you've got the podcast for them. But no, thank you, Adam, for joining us. And uh, unfortunately, no, thanks for I probably won't be doing the post-game show tomorrow. I'm going to actually be at Wembley with Adam, but we're planning if the Chargers-Titans game is sort of done and dusted around the third quarter, we're going to run away from that, jump on a tube and get down to the Hippodrome and watch the uh, the Bucks-Browns uh, game. We'll certainly see the second half of that, um, and then I'll probably yeah. be plastered. So, and if I've only seen half the game, Paul's going to record the podcast with someone else. And then uh, maybe Dan. Rumours Dan might be back on that podcast so uh, you, you will have someone else to listen to so uh, have a great day hopefully it's a great game and good luck to the Bucks after this week and good luck to the Browns after this week one of us is definitely going to need it with uh, still a losing record <laughs> right. thanks a lot buddy I'll see you at the weekend and just remember Cheers, thanks for coming This change coming. This change coming.